flying around. Little green peas from the ground. Buttermilk biscuits, nice and brown. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Butter beans, peas, beets, and chard. Chickens running in the yard. Catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop 'em black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table, a show that I created to feature the people of our Appalachian region who produce our regional foods, our ways, and agricultural products. This is your hostess, Amy Campbell. And that theme song that you just heard was sung by Emmy Sunshine in Madisonville, Tennessee, when she was only nine years old. We thank you so much for joining us here today. And this morning, we are setting the table with chocolate gravy, dip dogs, and a cast iron clinic. I'll share a short visit with singer and songwriter Verlin Thompson. And Verlin shares his memories of chocolate gravy and growing up in Cato County, Oklahoma. And I've got a recipe for chocolate gravy. Fred Sossman shares a segment about an establishment called the Highway Drive-In or the Dip Dog Stand, and that's out on Route 11 between Chilhowie and Marion, Virginia. They've been in business since 1957, and they have a very tasty way of making this regional culinary delight. We get to also hear from Katie Hoffman and about a cast iron clinic that she and her husband, Brett Tiller, today, April 13th, at Three Rivers Market in Knoxville. And what this cast iron clinic entails is how they sell and restore and help people care for their cast iron. Thank you so much for your good company here today. I really appreciate you tuning in. Now let's get started. Let's start out today with chocolate gravy. Now, chocolate gravy is not exclusive to Appalachian cooking, but it's commonly associated with the foods of the South. And it's typically served over hot biscuits. And some people would have had this more often than others, some of them daily, and others only on special occasions. While it does have a good bit of white sugar, it doesn't have as much fat as we usually associate with gravy, and this recipe calls for one tablespoon of butter at the end of the cooking process. I'm going to share the recipe in a little bit. Let's first visit with Verlin Thompson. I went to a small house concert and recorded this a couple months back. And Verlin is a singer and songwriter and former partner and guitarist and performer for years with Guy Clark and frequently found singing with Sean Camp nowadays. He's just a real talent. And let's hear him share a story about reminiscing of his growing up years 
and eating chocolate gravy around the family table. You were telling me about, you have a song about chocolate gravy. Yeah, we call it good, good brown gravy. And uh, it, it's crazy, it, it actually, it started out as kind of a Cajun love song and it, it, it somehow transformed itself into a song about brown gravy, which for me means chocolate gravy. You know, that's what my, my mom and my mom and her family, well, my dad's side of the family too, they all were raised on this chocolate gravy that they made every morning and pour it on top of biscuits and butter, you know. It was like made out of cocoa and milk and, and uh, I mean, I had it every morning of my life until I left home and then I'd go somewhere and ask people, hey, do y'all have any brown gravy or chocolate gravy? And people would look at me like I was crazy. And uh, it's one of those one of those uh, memories and one of those foods that just, I, it, it almost brings tears to my eyes because it, for me, it's it's home and it's comfort and it's mom and, and it's us around the table, which every morning we started the day around that table together. And, uh, and I know it was terrible for me because it was all sugar and chocolate and and then it was butter on the biscuit and you know and the biscuits were made with but I'm telling you it got us out there and we'd go work in the fields or go to school and we always felt like you know our our bellies were were full and that's that's a lucky thing a lot of a lot of kids that I knew were coming to school and hungry most of the day so Anyway, chocolate gravy. I still love it. Once you've had it, <laughs> you'll want more. It's, I don't even know how to make I just. I think it's just a little, uh, I think you boil some water and then, you, you, I know you put some milk in it and then that cocoa powder and, and butter. It's just basically a chocolate sauce kind of a thing. It's so good. Now, where was your growing up? In Oklahoma, Cattle County, Oklahoma, and you know it was just mom and dad and me and my brother raised on a. At that time, it was a farm. Uh, it's now more of a cattle operation, but just a small little small family making do on a little farm, and uh, you know, chocolate gravy was something we could afford and. And it satisfied us, and shoot, man, good time. Yeah. Gets you through the day. Yeah, and then some. And, it, and all my aunts, all my mom's sisters made it too. So when we would go stay with our cousins at their house, it was like we never missed a lick. You know, you get up and chocolate gravy's on the table. That's wonderful. So. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's a great memory. Yeah, it is. I, I've often wondered where it originated. You know, did it come over from from Europe, or was it an Irish thing, or was it a, or was it something that people just kind of found whatever they had in the cupboard and threw it together? And it. But I'm thinking, you know, cocoa that 
powder, chocolate powder. Um, I, I'm I'm kind of surprised that we always had that because I'm I'm guessing it had to be a little bit expensive, you know. It was a treat. It did go a long way though. That just because my mom, she she would stretch everything and uh, seemed like yeah, that stuff used to last forever. We we never ran out. I know that. I can't remember a morning where we didn't have it. And now let's hear a song that Verlin Thompson wrote himself. If you're not familiar with them, you're in for a treat. This is off of his album, Works, and it is called Dinner Bell. You know, there's nothing sweeter than drawing a dipper of good clean cold water from an old hand-dug well. And there ain't nothing harder than raking alfalfa and waiting around for the sound of that noon dinner bell. That's when I'd take off my old straw hat and go up to the big house where we'd all gather round under the old elm tree to soak up some shade and eat some good country cooking and if I was real lucky, she might even look at me. She was strawberry hair and blue ocean eyes. She was lilac, she was clover. And I bet good money she was sweet as honey Ten times over Ah, but it's back to the fields To work like the Dickens And till they'd come pick us up of a late afternoon And if I could get me a good enough seat up on that wagon I might even catch the smell of her roses perfume She was strawberry hair and blue ocean eyes, she was lilac, she was clover, and I bet good money she was sweet as honey ten times over. At least that's what I wrote on this old folded up note that I kept in the bib of my overalls. A bunch of pretty words I was saving for when I got brave and went up to the big house to pay her a call. Which I did one evening with some fresh cut flowers My hair slicked back, my shoes all shined And I never imagined, I never even considered That she might be in any arms other than mine I was stabbed in the heart and kicked in the gut At least I might as well have been Cause you see the, the windows were open And the curtains were blowing and I'm sorry that I ever looked in. I jumped off the porch and I ran back down the hill to where that little footbridge goes over the stream. I watched that folded up note and those fresh flowers float away with the rest of my dreams. And I never said nothing to the boys back at the bunkhouse Cause hell, they don't know the first thing about love And to this day, not a word's passed between me and her And I still don't know who he was Still got hay down my collar and sweat in my eyes and 
I hurt for a while pretty bad I let it set me back in spite of the fact that I know you can't lose what you never had Ah, but still there's nothing sweeter than drawing that dipper of good clean cold water from that old hand dug well But these days I don't get near as excited about hearing the sound of that noon dinner bell And you are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table, and we just heard a story about chocolate gravy and a song called Dinner Bell. Both those things are from singer and songwriter Verlin Thompson. Information about Verlin and his songs, projects, and current works at verlinthompson.com. And here's a recipe for you about how to make chocolate gravy. I've posted this on my website, too, if you aren't in the position of writing it down right now. That's TennesseeFarmTable.com under that link that says, Listen to the Show. Here are your ingredients. One-fourth cup of cocoa powder, three tablespoons all-purpose flour, three-fourth cup of white sugar, two cups of milk, one tablespoon soft butter, and two tablespoons of vanilla extract. You'll want to get a whisk and a saucepan out, and then a little bowl to mix your dry ingredients in. So first, in the little bowl, whisk the cocoa, flour, and sugar together, and do this with a whisk and get that all incorporated dry until there are no lumps at all. And then you pour the two cups of milk in on top of that into a mixture. You want to whisk that until it's all well incorporated. Then you want to transfer that mixture into a saucepan and cook it over medium heat, stirring very frequently for 7 to 10 minutes. And you want it to be the consistency similar to gravy. Then you take it off the heat and stir the butter and vanilla into the mixture and you serve it immediately on hot biscuits, and it is good. Again, I've posted this on my website. And up next, after a word from our sponsor, we'll hear from Fred Sossman and hear all about this dip dog stand near Marion, Virginia. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table is brought to you in part by Century Harvest Farms and Century Harvest Farms Foundation in Greenback, Tennessee. A sustainable farm in East Tennessee producing 100% grass-fed beef and other wholesome farm products. Preservative-free grass-fed charcuterie, preserves, pickles, and jams. Also home to the community-serving, food-insecurity-fighting Century Harvest Farms Foundation. Details at centuryharvest.com. This is Potluck Radio. I'm Fred Saussman. It looks like a corn dog, but it's not a corn dog. They're called dip dogs, and they're served at the Highway Drive-In on Route 11 between Chilhowie and Marion, Virginia. To everyone in Smith County, it's the dip dog stand, and it's been in business since 1957. To make a dip dog, owners Pam and Grant Hall begin with a bright red hot dog and a skewer. It's made with a special secret batter that we can't give out. 
and it has a special hot dog that we use and we have a special mustard as well. We take it and we deep pre-deep fry it and then they cool down and then when people order them they're recooked again. Now a lot of people really likes the mustard so sometimes they'll say roll it and we will roll it in the mustard and then when you really get the flavor is when we put it in the brown bag. To me I think that just gives it another taste. You put it in a brown bag and you open up that bag and you get that mustard flavor coming up your nose. And you got it every day you got to come in you got to mix your batters. Your grease has got to be the right temperature. Your batter's got to be the right thickness. Everything's got to be right. And if it ain't right it won't cook. It'll just blow up. My mother and father worked down here seemed like from daylight to dark. We stayed right here. No, we don't get weekends off. You know everybody else enjoys their weekends. We wouldn't know what a weekend off was. Me and her's never done anything else. We might be business people, but we get in there and get our hands dirty with the kids. If they need help and if things need to be done, instead of just all the time saying, do this, do that, we get right in there and work with them. And most people, when they come up here, unless they know us from this area, you wouldn't know that we were any different from any other worker. For Potluck Radio at the Dip Dog Stand on the Lee Highway in southwest Virginia, I'm Fred Saussman. This is Johnny with Crooked Road Farm, and you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. Here are a couple of events in our area that are food in focus, brought to us by area nonprofit organizations that I thought you might be interested in. The Century Harvest Farm Foundation would like to invite you to Charcuterie and Cocktails, a signature event to raise awareness and establish support to address food insecurity in East Tennessee. This event takes place Saturday, April 26th at the Central Collective in North Knoxville from 5 until 7.30 p.m. And it will feature grass-fed charcuterie, cocktails, and conversation. Funds raised will be dedicated to adopting a field of fresh produce and beef from five grass-fed steer. The field will be planted, cultivated, and harvested by Century Harvest Farm Foundation's Helping Hands and from the Ground Up program participants, and all donated to local food banks. More information at centuryharvest.org. Three Rivers Market in North Knoxville will host a cast iron clinic with Brett Tiller today, Saturday, April 13th, and he is there now and will be all day to give to give advice about cast iron. He can help with questions about how to pick out the right pan for your needs, how to restore and care for your cast iron, and he'll also be hosting a clinic today at 2, and this is a ticketed thing, the clinic part, and seating is limited to 20. First come, first serve, and this takes place at Three Rivers Market in North Knoxville, and uh, he'll also have a good selection of cast iron at different price points. I put links to these events on my website, TennesseeFarmTable.com, under that link that says listen to the show. And here's a little segment I recorded with Katie Hoffman, whose husband is Brett Tiller. This describes what they do with their regional cast iron clinics. What can people expect from a cast iron clinic? When we sat down to design the first one, 
we wrote down all the questions that people asked us most often. And we decided that that would probably be a good place to start. And we noticed that there were an awful lot of people who also would say, well, I have my grandmother's pan, but it's got all this stuff on the outside of it, and I don't know how to clean it. So we thought, let's make a clinic instead of just a presentation so that people who just want to come ask questions can do that, but people who want to bring their cast iron can bring it, and we can tell them how to clean it up or how to maintain it if that's their question or whether it's worth anything. Mm -hmm. Um, So usually what we do is we spend about 10 minutes talking to people about how to choose the best piece of cast iron or pieces of cast iron for how they cook. Mm -hmm. And we talk about what kind of stove they have because that makes a little bit of a difference. And we talk about what kind of foods they cook. And we go through a whole list of questions that help people understand what they're probably looking for Uh Um, and then the second part of it is about maintaining it once you have it because Mm. it's not that hard but it is different from what a lot of people are used to in terms of taking care of say stainless steel or other kinds of pans so um, we kind of feel like it's a good thing to give people the basics of how to maintain your cast iron because a lot of people are just real threatened by it and Mm. it's easy if you just know you know, so that's what we do. And then we leave lots of time for questions so that if people have particular questions, we try as hard as we can to get to everybody's questions. But because we can't always do that, we try to schedule our clinics at a space and in a time when there's time beforehand and there's time after so that if people still have questions they can talk to us one-on-one or if they brought a piece of cast iron and we haven't been able to talk about it in the context of the clinic we can talk to them about it individually and sometimes those pans end up going home with us to get the get the spa treatment I guess I'll call it (laughs) well I guess so and so that's the service y'all do too if if people Mm -hmm. have a have one they just don't have time or expertise you can just fix them up yeah those people for who for some reason Mm -hmm. don't want to have a big tub of lye water sitting somewhere in their house or don't want to have a big garbage can with an electrolysis set up in it like we have three of in our garage i keep telling brett he's like the mad scientist you know (laughs) all these things bubbling up in the in the basement but um you know people who don't want to go to that much trouble will ask us to do it for them and that wasn't something we anticipated doing but there was a demand for it and when we have the time we'll take in pans and get them back to people looking good kind of like pan rehab cast iron rehab (laughs) it is (laughs) well good it is that's a real needed thing for all of us that have inherited our grandmothers or Mm great-grandmothers and there's crud all over the outside and Mm -hmm. maybe they don't have a good finish on them anymore that's that's so good or a little bit of light rust People think rust is so terrible, and sometimes it is. It'll pit the surface, but sometimes if it's just a little light coating, if there's just a little light coating of it, you can just get that right off, and your pan will look beautiful again. And Brett knows how to do it, and he's also way more meticulous about things than I am, which is why I'm the mouth, and he's the... He's the (laughs) artisan. He's the one who brings them back to life. What a good combo. Well, you and Brett being your husband, and the two of y'all make a dream team in terms of a lot of things, but also what we're talking about today is getting this cast iron bought and fixed and clinicked. Well, that's part of the fun. I mean, we love going out and finding it 
and finding some piece that needs a little love and taking it home and it's just so satisfying and the fact that we get to do it together is really great you know I mean we get to do something we enjoy and then other people get to benefit from it too so we're we're kind of excited that we ran up on this idea and and ran with it and that we get to spend time together doing something fun and something worthwhile This is Charlotte Tolley of Nourish Knoxville at nourishknoxville.org, and you are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table on East Tennessee's own WDVX. Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. It has been an honor to have your good company. We always love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or through the website tennesseefarmtable.com. I'd sure love to hear from you and swap some recipes and stories. Big thanks to Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee for the musical arrangement and singing and recording of our theme song. For updated appearances, schedule, news, and her new recording, connect with Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.